0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarians Show. I'm Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Joining me in the studio is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you to be on our minds and in our hearts, so that we may speak of your good things in the world today, and help to lift up all those who may be part of this conversation. Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy thy will be be done, done on earth as as it is in in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and and forgive forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Jacob, the Church calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. Yes. And... Today, I wanted to reflect a little bit on some of the ways that the Catholic Church has really succeeded throughout history in living fully in the world and leaving something that we still enjoy or appreciate nowadays, but we don't even realize comes mm-hmm. from the church. Because I think those are good signs that that engagement has been really healthy and successful. Um, You know, we're called to always be seeking our personal holiness, Mm -hmm. striving for heaven, but we're not called to turn our backs on, especially the people around us. And in general, we're called to be, you know, stewards of God's creation.
1: Right. The Christian life isn't a flight from the world. It's turning towards God, but still living in the world Mm -hmm. because the world is part of God's creation, Um there's a beauty to it. The incarnation shows that God values the world, right? Mm-hmm, he didn't, right. he didn't just pluck sinful humanity from it. He came mm-hmm. down into it, mm-hmm. um, to change it for the better, to, to perfect show us it.
0: how we could be whole even here and now, Right. You know, striving so for perfect union with him. Exactly. But um, doing that.
1: So that's part of the Christian life. task, not only to, to get ourselves and our community to heaven, but also to, um, to make the world, the world that it was created to be, um, mm-hmm. to make it a, a just, uh, a just place, a place full of love, um, a place that is beautiful.
0: So I think people can easily see how things like beautiful churches, mm-hmm. stained glass windows, many compositions, musical pieces, right, um, are... Things that have contributed to the greater quality of life in the world and are Catholic. And people can clearly see how those things are Catholic. Right. <laughs> There's right. a cross on top of the church, you know, the windows depicting our Lord's birth, yeah. things like that. Has all the saints in them. hmm Yeah. But yeah. there I was surprised as I started looking up some examples of the ideas that we're going to talk about today, how many I could find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew of some, but I didn't know about all these things. Right. So there, these are
1: all all things that are in our culture today mm-hmm. that have been shaped by 2,000 years of of Christian, of Catholic history.
0: Right. Right. So just to start out with some examples that many people might already be familiar with, but people don't always realize come from the church. Mm-hmm. Um, some days throughout the year, Halloween, people think about pumpkins and trick-or-treating, of course. Right. But if we look at that Day when it falls mm-hmm. and what the words mean. Right. I'm always talking about words. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the The day falls October 31st. Which the next day, the day before November 1st. is November 1st, which is a feast for us. Right. It's the All feast. Saints Day. And Halloween is the even in mm-hmm. even in yes of All Hallows Day. Yes. Halloween okay. and
1: and Hallow is kind of a, the more Anglo-Saxon form of the word holy yeah, or like the saint.
0: Old, we say it in the Our Father, right. hallowed be thy name. yeah, God, may your name be holy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in Halloween, we we kind of set up the the distinction, the difference between what's happening the next day. You know, we show something of the powers of darkness in the world. Mm-hmm. Sure. But who comes victorious? The people who come the next day. Right. The saints. Right
1: working through his saints
0: Um, another day in the year is Mardi Gras Mm -hmm. party carnival right Right. we all know though that that's leading to something else we're preparing for the penitential season of Lent Mm -hmm. and in the old days when refrigeration and freezing things was not so much an option if you're entering a penitential season and you have a bunch of things you're not about to be able to eat sitting around you're going to eat them all Right. You're not going to throw them away. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um,
1: so, and, you know, some people call that day before Ash Wednesday Fat Tuesday, right. which is just the literal translation from the French of Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. Fat Tuesday.
0: Right. So there's a few things that, you know, people outside the church have even started to appreciate mm-hmm. and may not remember come from the church. Um, there are a few words just in them themselves that come from the church even from many centuries ago, um, one common one that I didn't know about till very recently was the word bead. Like a, the beads on your rosary.
1: Exactly, like the, the beads, beads on, on necklace. a necklace or something.
0: Yeah. The word bead comes from an old English word, gebed, so gebed, mm-hmm. bed, it's like the root bead. for bead. Mm-hmm. And it means a prayer or to pray. Oh. Because what were beads mostly used for in the beginning praying the rosary or praying some other litany or prayer Mm -hmm. repetitively Mm -hmm. okay just using them as a way to help count things right and that word gave its name to the thing and now we use beads for lots of other purposes sure but the name that we give to it comes from you know one of its most important uses to people at at one point in history
1: one of its most ancient uses right So I guess people with all those bead curtains—I don't know if those are still a thing anymore. They must have been very prayerful people, I suppose.
0: (laughs) I'd like to think so. (laughs) Um, And then some other words that we might see on our local in our local coffee shop: um, cappuccino. Mm
1: -hmm. That comes from the the um, sect of uh, Franciscans, the Capuchins, Mm -hmm. right? So, and why why would it why would the drink be named after? Well, this religious order
0: as you may know a cappuccino is coffee covered with a frothy milk mm-hmm. so that frothy milk on the top kind of forms a little dome and it looks like a hood mm. a cappuccino is a hood because the cappuccins wear hoods right and i and believe they
1: also wear white hoods too
0: oh right yeah over their brown yeah habits so even the colors
1: <laughs> match up with, mm-hmm. with um, the drink
0: <laughs> and similarly to that word is the game dominoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a clerical dress of some sort and a word that we could call a priest or really maybe some other person who would be in authority is lord or sir. In English we say sir. Yeah. The root of that word is basically lord. So domino is the Italian and the Latin word for lord or sir. So just the fact that those little tiles resemble in their colors, the, the capes that... Mm-hmm. Maybe a priest or someone else in authority would wear, gave their name to those things.
1: That's neat. All sorts of fun little things that we encounter, mm-hmm. maybe not in our daily lives, but certainly often, um, that are named after these Catholic concepts. Yeah.
0: So thinking of attire, clothing, mm-hmm. um, makes me want to talk about uh, some other examples from what we wear. We were just talking about dominoes and how they resemble clerical wear. And there's another common thing that we have, and it doesn't give us a word that comes from the church, but just the thing itself, right. the, the suit coat that a man wears. Right. You were so, telling me this recently.
1: So this is, you know, this is something that's almost in our daily lives. Um, You put on a suit coat, maybe to go to work or, or for some sort of important occasion. Um, and men's suit coats, they have the lapels on the side, right? And,
0: right. Like two points on each side, basically.
1: Right. Right. And, if you've ever looked at them, they have this strange notch right. in the side. Mm-hmm. Okay, what on earth is that notch doing there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. It, it serves no purpose, it would seem. Why all um, the extra
0: fabric and why the design?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you look at um, the priest's cassock, um, it's this full-length garment um, that comes all the way up to the neck and just has a little um, notch in the front mm-hmm. where the collar can show. Right, right? buttons so,
0: down the front mm-hmm. all the way up to that notch.
1: Right, exactly. So it's pretty high-necked. Um, so if you take a cassock and you were to just chop it in half and throw the skirt away...
0: So nothing, like, from your waist down. Right, exactly. Get rid of that part.
1: Yeah, Um, and then you take where that notch is and fold it out. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a little more breathing room. Yeah, take Um, off
0: the first ten buttons or so.
1: Yeah, and fold it out. You get these lapels with this strange notch Mm -hmm. in it that would have been, when you fold it back up, where the priest's collar would show. So the design of a man's suit coat Mm -hmm. was taken from... um, the priest's cassock um, some modifications to make it a little bit more comfortable right um, over the years but
0: but you can see that because some of them even have the hole for the button still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on one side yeah. of those notches now even though you used... never button it right exactly. it's still there
1: and there's no button to put in there <laughs> that too <laughs> it's used mostly just for corsages i think but um,
0: but you can see where it comes from
1: exactly So there's all these little things um in them i bet it's, some of them even have the uh the old pleat design still in them with the the two on the sides and one in the back you don't really uh, see that too much anymore it's more the sort of victorian gentlemen's coats that I'll, would have that but that's even the pleat design that's um in cassocks for the pockets on the side and
0: in the. i'll sector. have to keep an eye out for that i hadn't looked for that yet mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. or the old um victorian tails uh, those tails would be the leftovers from where they would have oh wow the pleat sure um to give it more flourish i guess i don't know i don't know why people wear tails but i suppose they look kind of cool
0: well that's fascinating if you're (laughs) directing an orchestra it looks or playing the piano it looks great when you go to sit down at the piano bench and you flip them out behind you (laughs) you're listening to the seminarians show on saint gabriel catholic radio i'm brian smith from the diocese of youngstown and joining me in the studio today is jacob stinette from the diocese of columbus we're speaking about things that you didn't know were Catholic, but that you've probably <laughs> encountered in the world around you in your daily life. Um, we were just talking about some examples of clothing, um, both clothing that gave words for other things, cappuccino and dominoes, and then we started talking about um, how a suit coat comes from the priest's cassock. Um, There's another element of clothing which people don't wear so often, but they wear at a moment that's really important in life, Mm -hmm. and that's graduation, especially from high school and college. The gown and the hood that is worn at graduation is something that comes from basically a medieval practice at universities. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep in mind that at that time, students at universities were mostly young men mm-hmm. who were also expected to profess religious vows while they were students
1: right so there was some some sort of cleric
0: mhm right. right so um
1: maybe they weren't a priest or a deacon yet but they were somewhere
0: on the on the way mm-hmm.
1: and often and sometimes they wouldn't even make it all the way to what we would call them the major orders um mm-hmm. deacon diaconate or priesthood or something like that right but, but you'd
0: be considered a cleric even right. if you were in the past a porter, you know, mm-hmm. someone who helped open and close the doors. Right, or right. a lector, someone who just did readings, but mm-hmm. you couldn't preach yet or anything like that. You were exactly. still considered a cleric, so mm-hmm. set apart in a certain way. And even if you didn't go on, you still were a cleric while you were a student. Yep. So, in addition to taking vows, students would wear the appropriate clothing. Yeah. So, a gown more or less, a habit or a cassock of some sort, and then a hood. I've heard that explained because, especially in the Middle Ages, you know the universities with their large rooms during the cold months <laughs> more or less required a hood to be worn at all times because you needed to keep your head covered. Right, they
1: didn't have the best heating systems mm-hmm. in the school.
0: Yeah. So that regalia, those gowns, we now only wear... For that big day, graduation. Right. And then, you know, people, especially professors who have earned certain degrees, get to wear a hood that with the color that represents, you know, their area of study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, in addition to those two things, the, the hat right. also resembles a clerical um, piece of attire, the Beretta. Mm-hmm. You might see some priests nowadays who will wear it. It's a a hat Kind of a boxy hat yeah. with a little palm on top, usually, mm-hmm. and it has three um, pointy parts, and you can grab them and take it off, put it back on, and the um, mortarboard at graduation is a more or less a simplified form of a beretta,
1: right? You Flatter, it, you flatten it out, mm-hmm. and,
0: that's and then the fun. palm just becomes a little dangling tassel mm-hmm. instead of a really elaborate um, poof <laughs> on right. top of the hat,
1: right? And some of the older style berettas actually didn't have a palm or a poof. It was more of a tassel that just kind of hung off so the side. So you can really see the connection there right, with those right. Yeah. A lot of times in the 19th century, that's how they looked from old pictures. And you're like, what on earth's going on? It's <laughs> hats melting. Uh, you can see that
0: too in the differences with collars when you look at old pictures. You know, Sure. What, what the priest collar looks like has changed a lot. One of the most famous examples perhaps is St. John Vianney. You see his photo a lot in parish mm-hmm. churches, mm-hmm. but he's got this old French collar that dangles down. Right. In kind of, of ruffly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So those things change over time. Yeah. And all of this talk about universities makes me want to also just speak in general about how the university itself is something that the world has come to really appreciate and take on, and right. it came about really thanks to the church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so even back in ancient Greece, you had these ideas of these centers of learning um, that were built, like, um, Plato and Aristotle had their... Um, schools in Athens, the Lyceum. um, But that was a place kind of focused just around one teacher or around one study. Like, we're going to be doing peripatetic philosophy at the Lyceum. Mm -hmm. They were really good at it, but that's all they did. (laughs) Um, So it's limited in that regard, Um, but in the Middle Ages um, as learning and Catholic learning was growing, um, there's kind of the beginning of the scientific movement, mm-hmm. um, especially religious orders, and the church in general realized, you know, this learning, um, whether it's in theology, philosophy, the the sort of liberal arts, mm-hmm. or if it's even kind of starting to explore the sciences, all of this is mm-hmm. within Catholicism, right? We, we take a, a world view. Mm-hmm. Um, so the church was very instrumental in setting up these institutions, these universities I believe the first one was the University of Bologna hmm. in uh, in Italy, um, and they were places of that, ha- that had an, an integrated view of education. Right. So it's not just um, training people in peripatetic philosophy as the Lyceum was, but kind of building up this worldview, exploring um, the sciences, um, the arts, um, promoting a a holistic view of education that we. Have come to value, uh, rely on as a society today, much like
0: we would nowadays call the liberal arts education. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Going through um, history, uh, literature, philosophy, um, all languages—you mm-hmm. um, know, one of your favorite things. <laughs> Indeed, um, all those things that are so important to building up uh, just like a well-rounded human person—that mm-hmm. um, was begun by this university system that the church was at the heart of. The University of Paris, another mm-hmm. ancient, um, maybe not ancient, but... Uh, of, of One of the este- earliest. Right, earliest mm-hmm. of esteemed pedigree. Right. Um, universities was founded by the Dominicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had famous teachers like St. Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. was a lecturer at the University of Paris for a long time as well.
0: It's a great example, really, of seeing members of the church mm-hmm. really living out that call to bring all things together in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now here specifically, the, the areas of education, um, bringing them all together under the one head of Christ. Right. So we've um, been
1: talking about Christian cultural concepts and Christian Catholic culture isn't just, it's not limited to strictly religious things or theology. But not it's, just the mass, right, for example. Right. It's, it's how we live out our daily lives, how we view the world. Do we see the world as... God's creation that um, man has been given stewardship of or is it just a bunch of stuff um, like like that's what universities originally intended we're going for is building up this worldview of what is everything that we encounter how is it all related
0: mm-hmm. and this talk of universities calls to mind um, the fact that hospitals also owe a large part of their organization to the influence of the Catholic Church and religious orders in the Catholic Church.
1: Right. So some of the first hospitals were begun as um, places of rest and of healing for um, pilgrims to the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. Um, You had the, in the time of the Crusades, when those pilgrimages were threatened, um, which was the original impetus for the Crusades, you had some of the... um, military orders, like the Knights uh, Hospitaller, mm-hmm. is what they were. one was called. Um, and their job was to protect pilgrims. They set up these houses where pilgrims could um, recover if they'd been injured on the way, got sick, something like that. Um, so the whole idea of having this, um, building this home for recovery, for healing, um, was another thing that the church was pioneering. Um, mm mm-hmm.
0: That's one of those right. um, corporal works of mercy. Exactly. In practice.
1: Um, and so the church still runs many, many hospitals um, around the world today um, to continue that work of healing, but now with, of course, modern science, modern medicine, sure. mm-hmm. um, to be
0: the best at it that we can be. Mm-hmm. Something the church is always not only open to, but even promoting throughout right. history. Exactly. You know, we can think about the, the modern calendar, for example, once it became clear that the calendar that was being used back in the middle ages, the late middle ages, the Julian calendar, wasn't really taking into consideration the fact that the year is not exactly 365 days Mm -hmm. long. You know, the church came up with a way to the scientists within the church, I should say, developed a way to rectify that, to correct it. And then also they tried to readjust because they realized that over a few hundred years, Um, more than a thousand years, actually, you know, what used to be (laughs) the vernal equinox, for example, was now like 12 days off or something like that, almost two weeks off. So thanks to the influence and the support of the church and scientists um, within the church, you know, that new calendar was brought about. Mm -hmm. And that was a time in history, most fascinatingly, when not every country in Europe and then throughout the world, not every country in Europe, even though was a Catholic country per se. We already had countries that were predominantly Protestant. Right. But these countries were able to see how this contribution was really valuable. Right. And it's now the way that almost everywhere in the world you will find the the calendar working.
1: Right. And that calendar is called the Gregorian calendar, right. named after Pope Gregory, who was a big promoter of I think Pope Gregory himself was the one who called for this reevaluation the of the calendar. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. He he recognized himself, hey, this isn't working as best it can. Mm-hmm. And then turned to the scientists who were working with the church and said, hey, look at this. And now the calendar bears his name. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, we've spoken about a few things related to holidays, some words, um, garments, institutions. um, And something else that caught my mind, and I learned about this one a little while ago, is both an expression and a song that are related. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard of hocus pocus as a word used to refer to magic, right? Right. Right. And then the song, the Hokey Pokey, you've probably danced at a few wedding receptions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So those both come from the same phrase. Mm -hmm. um, Hocus pocus probably being the first one to come about. And this is peculiarly a phrase that was introduced to ridicule What the church does in the celebration of the Eucharist. It's an anti-Catholic phrase, I suppose. So, hocus pocus, of course, is associated with magic. Mm -hmm. So, the the, the ridicule, the joke would go that what Catholics do at Mass, this Eucharist or communion that they're celebrating is just a bunch of magic, hocus pocus. And that comes from the words that the priest says Mm -hmm. in Latin at the consecration. When the priest says, the words of our Lord... This is my body. Mm-hmm. In Latin, that sounds like... Hoc est anim corpus mm-hmm. meum. So. so that... Hoc est anim corpus... Right. Becomes... Hocus, Hocus pocus. It yeah. sounds like that. So that becomes the phrase that people use... to To make fun of Catholics. Mm-hmm. And then the song itself uses that phrase plus it introduces a bunch of gestures right. also kind of making fun all of, of the, the things that the priest does at mass right. the ritual gestures the blessings uh, that he does on yeah. I mean, his genuflections the way he turns around you yeah. put your right foot in your right foot out yeah shake as if to out. say it was all just
1: arbitrary and we're just shaking things about
0: but you know i think in the end the joke's on them because how does the song end that's what it's all about and that's the truth <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be honest about that that's awesome Um, And, of course, we're going to finish with another word. Yes. Because. And it's appropriate to be finishing with this word, too. Right. So, we're going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye comes from a contraction of God be with you, or God be with ye, I -hmm. suppose, in Old English. Um, So, it's really close to the Spanish adios. Sure. Go to God, go with God. Mm-hmm. Um so when we say it we're not just saying good written. Yeah. But you know if we really want to we can mean it more right, God it can be, a blessing. be with you. Ex- exactly. Yeah you mm-hmm. leave
1: someone with a blessing just like Mass ends mm-hmm. um, with a blessing. Mm-hmm. So should all of our our conversations um our uh, time spent together with others. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um adios mm-hmm. um, to God every Thursday at the Josephina, our mass is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the very last thing that the people say, uh, thanks be to God in Spanish, demos gracias a Dios. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I think maybe the fourth or fifth time of saying that. I was like, hey, wait a minute, that's where that comes from in Spanish. Um, so it's actually lifting that, that text from the mass, thanks right. be to God, mm-hmm. um, shortening it to the last two words yep. and putting them together mm-hmm. as a goodbye, farewell. We're,
0: yeah. we're done. It's good to be reminded <laughs> of thing these things, because like, much of what we talked about today, we forget where they come from. But right. it's good to remind ourselves of them, and especially these words really reintroduce these meanings to them. Right. Even if people don't know it, we'll know it when we say it. Exactly. And I think that will come through yeah. You know, when we're talking to people. Yeah.
1: And even if we don't realize it, as we say goodbye to someone, maybe later we'll be, oh yeah, that's right. And remember that as a, a blessed encounter, right. or what sh- should be a blessed encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being with any other person is always a blessed encounter insofar as they're... Made in
0: the image of God. That's right. So thank you all for joining us on today's Seminarian show. Remember that you can find all of our episodes in the Seminarian's audio archive at saintgabrielradio.com. Before we say goodbye, let's finish in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Mother, we ask you to, to be with us and help us as you did to... Give our whole lives over to the service of your Son. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Goodbye. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820. Archives of the seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at saintgabrielradio.com.